Welcome to the Marketing Tips for Doctors podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to attracting more patients ready to schedule their first appointments to grow your practice without spending hours and hours away from your practice or home. Hear how to boost your online presence, develop a strong rapport with each one to increase patient compliance while adding value and growing revenue. Now here's your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, America's leading medical strategist. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, and we have with us today, Michael Brzezinski. Michael is a CEO of Buzzworthy Integrated Marketing. He is a lifelong entrepreneur, digital marketing thought leader, and author. Dubbed a visionary marketer by the American Marketing Association, Michael's sole mission is to help entrepreneurs avoid the time drain and frustration of managing profitable digital marketing campaigns. I know I've been frustrated myself with the HTML coding and you know how to get it all together. I think anyone that has to deal with technology has had frustrating moments for sure. Buzz, as most call him, has simplified digital marketing success with the rule of 26 and is on a mission to double the website revenue of service-based businesses across America. So now I'm sure you've got the curiosity peaked for everyone listening. What is the rule of 26? The rule of 26 is a three-step process of doubling the revenue of website, uh, of anybody's website. Um, I specifically wrote, uh, I just wrote a book called The Rule of 26 for service-based businesses. Uh, so it takes into account the concerns of service-based businesses. So in, uh, any, anybody in the medical uh, profession is a service provider, correct? So um, the, what it basically states is that if you increase your website traffic, your conversion rate, and your average value per client by 26%, you will double the revenue that is coming from your website. That's really interesting. Uh, does search engine optimization work in the health industry? Oh, 100%. I've been doing SEO for medical service providers since 2006. So we're coming up on about 15, 16 years, and there has never been a doctor or medical profession professional that has come to me that didn't get the benefit of added traffic from people looking for their specific um, service. A lot of times I work with in niches like chiropractors or certain types of uh, surgeons. Um, I worked with a knee doctor one time and surgeon's optimization actually matched the amount of leads his paid advertising was doing on TV for a fraction of the price. Why is it that they consider you a visionary type of marketer? So well, when we started, a lot of them out there. Yeah, right. There are right, and there are a lot of visionaries out there. Um, but yes, I'm I'm in a, a small group of folks that have been dubbed that by the American Marketing Association due to the fact that um, when uh, we were working on SEO back in 2006, about 2010, we found that once we got people up to uh, number one in the search engines for their particular keywords, their profitable keywords, that they weren't seeing 
the conversions. And so I took a look at search engine optimization and said, hey, wait, we're missing a step here. We need digital engagement optimization because just because you're ranking number one and the bots like you, your website's got to look, feel, and work for you as your salesperson 24 seven, seven days a week, 365 days a year, right? And so I created a, what is called digital engagement optimization. And it's the methodology that we've been using since 2011. And in my, I wanna say 2012, 2013, I won a Visionary Marketer of the Year Award by the American Marketing Association for that methodology. I see. Now, a lot of um, health professionals until quite recently have shied away from marketing. They said either it's not ethical or I don't have the budget for it or, you know, insurance companies are sending me patients anyway. And since I am running now on such a small profit, why would I spend money and budget for marketing? What would your uh, response to that be? Digital marketing is a beautiful tool to sift out prospects that are your most profitable uh, folks to do business with. So I've dealt with service providers who have not mandatory, well, I guess it's mandatory that they take on certain types of insurance that are not very profitable. And so if we are able to use marketing to curtail their message and attract people who are more in line with their more profitable services and, and in medical, that's fine. I mean, if you have an expensive, like the knee doctor, he was an, he was an orthopedic surgeon, but he, spe- he specialized in this very specific knee pro- um, process that ran around twenty-five dollars to $30,000 process and, and was extremely profitable. The insurance companies didn't necessarily always cover it. So a lot of his folks were cash-based. And so what we did was we said, okay, then let's put the marketing where the dollars will come back at you and keep it away from where you're going to end up being busy, but not profitable. Well, that certainly makes a lot of sense, especially now nowadays when you have the uh, doctors who are shying away from accepting insurance altogether or who have uh, elective uh, procedures that insurance mm-hmm. companies are not paying. You, you want to be able to attract patients that say, hey, I want that pr- procedure. I want the process done by you and I'm willing to pay for that because that's what I want. So how do you find these health professionals that are in this category? So I've I've been blessed with a really good word of mouth myself. In my digital marketing, I I position myself for service-based businesses. And so they'll find me on the internet through search engines. I mean, you literally uh, practice what I preach when it comes to marketing. And um, so I I specifically uh, look at and deal with small businesses, small practices. And when we say small practices, I think I've got some that have 12 to 30 doctors in them. And those are still considered small practices in these days. And um, I position myself as an expert in digital marketing. And if you're looking for a digital marketing expert and you find things that are in and around my services, you're going to find me. Say I do the same thing for the doctors when they come to me and they're like, hey, listen, I want to be able to attract this demographic or this psychographic or whatever it is. And we do the same for them. We position them as a, 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 a expert in that niche. And we get that in front of the people who are actually looking for those services. 
do you keep in mind uh, or show them how they can be uh, marketing and still HIPAA compliant? 100%. We have to stay HIPAA compliant. Otherwise, everybody gets in trouble. <laughs> For sure. Um, you know, HIPAA is a, a strange little beast. And um, it really gets into the reputation management, where we're trying to get the testimonials and the reviews. That's where we end up having some of the hiccups. But we have elective um, when when a patient decides to share their story, a lot of the restrictions of HIPAA, they, they forego by sharing the story themselves. And so we've found ways to utilize reputation management tools that automate the process of asking for that feedback and utilizing those who say yes versus trying to get around it or anything like that. It's just like, wait, let's find out who's going to volunteer the information because once they have, there's no problem. And as long as you don't add to whatever they said, you're in the clear. So if a patient is um, okay with giving their name and location, that that does not breach the uh, HIPAA uh, restrictions. Mm -mm, no. And I have docs that if the client doesn't want to say their name, they don't put their name on it. It says recent client, and they have a video testimonial of that person who never says their name but sings the praises. They're raving fans of this doctor. And that's all the person that's on that website wants to see. It's another person who went through the procedure and loved how they were treated and they liked the outcome of that procedure. Well, that's certainly convincing when you actually see the person that is uh, saying, you know, I had that process and uh, not only am I alive to tell the tale, but uh, I had great success with it. Awesome. Do you give um, conferences to attract a group of people? Uh, are you a speaker in um, various organizations to attract your clients? I am asked to speak at a lot of different um, associations. So um, I've done medical uh, American trucking associations, dental associations, you name it. I've, I've probably talked in front of them and we're usually covering very, something very specific. Like they want to understand maybe email marketing or what is SEO and what does it take to do that? And we have, you know, a good half hour, 45 minutes. I also uh, volunteer my time with this, uh, the, the SBA, um, uh, small business association, and then also the small business development centers around the country. Um, asked me to do workshops. And so I'll uh, go in there. And so people pay a couple bucks to get into the, the workshops. And, and uh, I volunteer my time doing that. Um, and then I get asked on to be on shows like yours to share what, what I can to help your audience get what they want out of their marketing. Well, that's certainly a good way to promote yourself. Um, now, there are a lot of tools out there for reputation control. Which one have you found the most superior? Well, I have a little bias because I have my own. It's called Buzz a Rep, and it's a reputation management system that is extremely easy to use. And we also have Buzz Boast, which is a video testimonial uh, mechanism that makes it extremely easy to get video testimonials from uh, people's clients and patients. So those are both uh, going to be released actually in July of 2021 here real soon at my website, buzzworthy.biz. 
So it's not available yet. It is available right now, but it's not like you can't just go to a website and click on it. But if you if you're interested in right now, you just email me at buzz at buzzworthy.biz and I will get you connected immediately. For those people in business that are interested in um, like working with you, do you offer affiliation? Affiliation, I'm sorry. Uh, what do you mean? Like uh, as an affiliate, as an affiliate marketer for their clientele. Uh, oh, so like a white label almost. Yeah. Um, yes. So I work with other uh, within um, there. I have a manufacturing um, association that I basically work through their program. <laughs> And so their members get access to me through them. And then we do either workshops where I'm helping a one-to-one with folks who need that one-to-one type of uh, thing. I also offer free consultations for just a get-to-know-you uh, call with clients just to make sure it's a good fit both ways because marketing is very personal. And I think it's very important that both the marketer and the market ed are in sync and that we're communicating well and it's going to be a good fit. And if it's not, sometimes I'll even refer them to somebody that I know in the industry that would be a better fit, those types of things. Because I, I, I feel like there's enough of the need and there are plenty of great people who do offer marketing. Um, it's just hard to find the great ones. We find it's about five to one ratio. We got a bunch of snake oil folks. And then once they're like me, I, I, I fancy myself as a fiduciary marketer, which I market in the best interest of my clients. And that's why my business has done so well over the last seven. 17 years. I see. And um, that's all very interesting. Um, what is it that you would like to tell people that are listening to you? What would you say um, that uh, distinguishes you from all these other snake oil uh, promoters? Well, I wrote a book to differentiate myself, and that's the rule of 26. Um, and it basically puts me on the spot through my own methodology saying, listen, we're going to focus on these three things that do not confuse you so that you don't feel like you're on this uh, hamster wheel spinning, trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing. We're doing these things because they move needles. And mm -hmm. if we can't move these needles, then I'm, you, you fire me. <laughs> it's just like, that's the way that goes. Right. So in taking on the fiduciary uh, um, approach to marketing and saying, hey, your ROI is my responsibility, mm -hmm. that you're not going to see that a lot. Like a lot of people don't do that. They want you to see how complex digital marketing can be. And there can be that. But I boiled it down to three KPIs that you only increase by 26% to get 100% more than what you were getting before we started. And when I do that, I have a lifelong raving fan who's going to give me referrals and they're going to be happy with their new boat or sending their kids to college or whatever it is that they, their dream of ownership brings them. What would you, what would you advise uh, potential clients to ask of people they interview in order to distinguish, um, you know, like who it is that would be of most benefit to them? 
So if you're interviewing a digital marketer, I feel that the, the best questions are about objectives. So say you're say you're thinking about search engine optimization. That's great. I want to be I want to rank number 1. But what does that do for you, right? So what is a measurable ob- uh, objective besides just the ranking? Because if the ranking's there, I know. I've I've lived through the you're number 1. Now what? And they go, well, I'm not getting any more business. So that really didn't mean anything. Well, that means there's something else missing along the way. So ask them if this happens and this doesn't happen, so my first objective is to rank, but I'm not getting more business, what are you going to do? Ask them a couple steps down the road what it's going to look like, because that will dictate to you whether you have a technician who is going to go through a tactic, or do you have a marketer who understands that your strategy is going to be a moving target. And if they don't understand strategy on the go, you're going to be stuck in this up-down Uh, process, very digital, either they're in research or they're in production. So they're either creating you or you're waiting for them to create something. And that's, you don't want, you want to stay away from that. Right. Now, in terms of SEO, what a lot of uh, recipients of the marketing um, are are not understanding is that it's not something that they could get a big result on after only four or eight weeks, that this is an ongoing process, and that they really need to commit to a minimum of six months before they really see the needle moving. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you find Mm -hmm. that that is uh, difficult to convince uh, clients? So I have a policy of not trying to convince anybody of anything that they don't want to believe, right? (laughs) So (laughs) I tell them point blank, I've been doing this a long time and there are no shortcuts. Uh, In SEO, specifically in organic. And if you're doing it white hat, which means the way that Google would like you to do it, honestly, right? Be authentic, be yourself, and and it, you will get what you want out of the internet. Um, and I tell them, it's like, listen, we pro- we may not see the, the, the sizable results that, we, that you're looking for for six months. But the great thing is that we can show them incremental things that are signs of that happening. And as the ranking goes up, if they have not ranking at all for a profitable keyword, they're going to see huge jumps in like, oh, all of a sudden you're actually on the radar of Google. Like you, you exist all of a sudden, right? And then as it gets closer to that top page, then that, that the growth slows because the competition gets higher. Not that your marketer's doing less. They're actually having to do more to get every one of those rankings up there. And when you're in the top five, sometimes that that needle doesn't move in months. But when you do, you get huge increases of traffic because the top three of a profitable keyword, that is about seven, it's like just under seven, like 68% of all traffic, organic traffic on Google are in the top three rankings of each keyword. And only 1% of all websites out there are actually optimized for search engines. You would think that that would be something that they would strive for. It's the long game. It's not cheap. It takes a lot of manpower to, um, to do SEO well. Um, there's a lot of folks who will sit there and guarantee you, uh, you know, first first in Google for $99. The faster you get up, the faster you fall. So if you when you stop working, then it's just like a plane. You turn off the engines, it just starts coasting back down to earth. Right? So you got to stay up. 
you're not associated with Buzz Sumo, are you? Mm-mm. No, though that's Does that a, hurt you by having the same buzz yeah, in the beginning? No, because Buzz Sumo is different. They're a different comp, type of company, and and I've never I've never gotten a call for one of their people, and I've never heard like, oh, you know, I've never actually heard anybody <laughs> make the, the the distinction between the two of us. So, um, but I've I've heard of Buzz Sumo, but they're more of an app uh, aggregator, as from what I know. So that's just a cheap way of getting apps when they first come out, where we're a digital marketing company, but are helping business owners get more out of their digital uh, presence. Are you heavily involved in social media for your clients as well, or social marketing? Yes. So social marketing, we use primarily as a conversion tool. Um, they actually found, uh, There was a study that was done uh, last year that showed that organic search produces 1000 times more website traffic than social and is seven times more profitable than social. But social media is where you get social proofing and tribal uh, thought process and all the other things that go into people buying into the, what your culture is. But we, we really focus on less is more in social because business owners, especially doctors, do not have the time to dive into five platforms. And really not all five platforms are going to be great for them anyway. We need for to sure. identify where their niche is and then let's focus on that. And if they haven't started it and they're not interested in it, there's other ways for, for us to, to move. And so I always tell people social media is great, but it's not mandatory. Do you uh, advise or work with their staff so that you know, so that it gets done without the doctor having to actually be involved? A hundred percent. We also have platforms that actually help their staff and themselves streamline the process. So we have a platform called Buzz Social, which is a social media curation, excuse me, curation, scheduling, uh, creation, and tracking all in one. And so one person can log in one place and see all conversations that are happening about that doctor and their clinic on all platforms and do social listening if they're being mentioned elsewhere, you know, maybe in the Twitter sphere where they're not, they can at least see it's there and, and be, and know that what's going on with them there. Um, so those are great. We have a few uh, folks that that's all they do is they buy that one platform. We give them a little bit of guidance up at the beginning and then they take off. And they do it on themselves. So we have do-it-yourself for in-house folks. We have done with you. So we're helping them, but they're doing some as well. And then we have the done for you where we just take over and we just get input from you. And then we do all the rest of the stuff for them. That's great. Okay. So unless you're working with kids, uh, your take on TikTok. TikTok for doctors? Oof. If you're a pediatrician, I could see that. <laughs> That's about all I could say. But the average, the average uh, viewer is a little older. I mean, it's in the teens and up. Um, I, you know, Snap, uh, Snapchat and TikTok are one of those anomalies where if you're not in it already, it's gonna, not going to come off authentic. And I, you know, we would have to sit down and really look at and say, are you committed to this? Because it's not a, oh, we'll just start putting stuff on TikTok and all of a sudden people are going to like us, right? You're going to have to come out and stick out like a sore thumb somehow without and still keep your professionalism intact with that. So I would say that's a, a, a steep hill to climb. 
I'm willing to go down that road with them, but they're going to be committed to production because it's all video and they're going to have to be committed to the cost and the time that comes along with it. There's okay. a lot easier ways to get it than TikTok. Yep. Clubhouse, there are several different uh, channels that mm -hmm. deal with health. What What is your thinking about Clubhouse? I feel like uh, platforms like Clubhouse that haven't completely monetized their platforms yet um, are great if you're there. But if you're if it's not part of your peripheral on a day to day basis, I don't use Clubhouse and I don't. So I don't market on Clubhouse. It's again, if you're there just to advertise, then only by the advertising side, don't try to get into the organic social media side of that because you're not going to be social and authentic enough for it to come off right. The mm -hmm. authenticity for medical professionals is probably one of the highest uh, attributes to success that I've seen. Uh, do you have a podcast yourself? I do not. <laughs> there are a lot of marketing podcasts out there, and I just haven't found a formula that I feel like would would stick out like a sore thumb and be worth uh, worth that. I actually enjoy finding ways to provide. Uh, value on shows like yours where people are actively engaged and and are looking for that information. Um, you know, there are many facets of marketing and I feel that, you know, shows like yours are great. You know, you're showing them lots of sides of the same thing and everybody's going to get a little bit of something out of every speaker. And that value is more important than me being my name on some podcast for myself. For sure. Okay, so your take about uh, newsletters. Do you think doctor's offices should have newsletters? If you're a general practitioner or a um, if you have a practice that involves people coming back to you for either ma uh, long-term maintenance or periodic um, treatments or anything like that, I can see where a newsletter would be very beneficial. Other than that, if you are a specialist that you see a, a patient once in their life, maybe twice in their entire life, that's a long drip. And I would say that you could use that content better in places like blogs and mm -hmm. articles and those types of things, medium, um, guest blogging, at other places, uh, getting uh, published in magazines and those types of things. I think that there's uh, other ways to use that content energy and get better uh, results. So for a doctor that comes to you and says, well, um, I don't quite get it. What's the difference between a newsletter and an email campaign? What, what would you tell them to distinguish that? Okay, so a newsletter is for is is your it's your newsletter. So it's it's like you're you're basically given an update, right? And it's usually going to be either some people do a weekly newsletter, some people do every other week, some people do once a month, once other people do once a quarter, that type of thing, right? And so you're really giving like what's the inside scoop of what's going on. Where an email campaign is what happens when some you say you have some clickbait on the internet. So you've offered some free a white paper or brochure or anything like that. And then the, um, then the, uh, so then you, they get their email, you send that out and then you have automated emails that go along with that piece that you gave them to bring them into the circle of them contacting you and getting more information about the service. So one is a marketing and one is an advocacy or an engagement. Right. Mm -hmm. So your newsletters are you're continuing 
your conversation with somebody who's probably already engaged with you personally, or at least your brand, where email marketing is for bringing people into that circle. Do you also help people uh, uh, create a logo and um, their uh, tagline for their brand? So brand management is something that a division of my company does do. It's a BuzzBiz Media. Um, I I do it uh, very often. Sometimes uh, somebody come in and they're like, hey, we've had a, a website for 10 years. Here it is. We see that they don't have a logo and they're like, yeah, we've been talking about doing that. I just hand them to my team that they're award-winning uh, graphic designers that have been doing it for decades. We've branded over 750 companies over the last 15 years. Well, that's impressive. Busy. (laughs) So what final tips would you like to impart to our listeners today for anything that we didn't touch upon? I think that you, it's important that in your practice that you focus on your ultimate goal. What is the mission? What's the vision of you being there? What got you there? And then what is going to make you happy in the end? Um, And then uh, reverse engineer that back to what do you need to do today in your marketing to help you get there? And sometimes sales is not where it's at. New clients might not be where you're at. You might be in a sunset area where you're you're trying to figure out your exit strategy. And that's a different type of consultant. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're still in the growth Uh, phases, or you're looking to bolster your value before you get your exit strategy, which I've done for dentists and chiropractors and um, orthopedic surgeons in the past, um, where we're like, hey, let's get your revenue up for a couple of years so that you can then show this this revenue and go, okay, now my multiple is higher because I got more sales, those types of things. So wherever you're at in that, so if you're just starting out and you need to go get to the next level, then let's look at just that. And so Internally, before you engage in somebody, be specific on what you want from your marketing so that you can tell your consultant that. Because if you focus on that, you will get what you want, regardless of who you work with. Mm-hmm. Okay. How can our listeners reach you for the future? So go to buzzworthy.biz, as B U Z Z W O R T H Y dot biz, as my main website. There'll be a link for the book, uh, Rule of 26, which is downloadable on Amazon and also paperback uh, through Amazon as well. Is your book currently out or is it? Yes, it it is 100%. (laughs) Yes. If you go to ruleof26.com, there is a uh, link right to the page on Amazon. Excellent. Well, it was uh, fun uh, speaking with you today, and I'm sure our listeners learned a few new things, which is the whole purpose of the podcast. I hope so. So, uh, Thank you so much for being uh, with us today. This has been another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors with Michael Brzezinski, who people lovingly call the buzz. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Barbara. (laughs) Till next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Doctors. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Press the subscribe button so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about the show. Join us on marketingtipsfordoctors.com for replays and more resources to help grow your practice, strengthen your brand, and dominate your field. Remember, you are one tweet from greatness. Greatness.